Alamo thought I was demanding respect for my poems, and he went off on a tirade about objective criticism, for a change, a minefield that every young poet must cross, etc. But I cut him off, and after explaining that never in my short life had I demanded respect for my humble creations, I put the question to him again, this time enunciating as clearly as possible. Don't give me this crap, said Alamo. Uh, respeto, professor, is a kind of lyrical verse, romantic, to be precise, similar to this trombato with six or eight hendecasyllabic lines, the first four in the form of a serventicio, and the following composed in rhyming couplets. For example, and I was about to give him an example or two, when Alamo jumped up and cut me off. What happened next is hazy, although I have a good memory. I remember Alamo laughing along with four or five other members of the workshop. I think they may have been making fun of me. Anyone else would have left and never gone back, but despite my unhappy memories, or my unhappy failure to remember what had happened, at least as unfortunate as remembering would have been, the next week there I was, punctual as always. I think destiny brought me back. This was the fifth session of Alamo's workshop that I'd attended, but it might just as well have been the eighth or the ninth, since lately I've been noticing that time can expand or contract at will, and tension, the alternating current of tragedy, was palpable in the air, although no one could explain why. To begin with, we were all there. All seven apprentice poets who'd originally signed up for the workshop, this hadn't happened at any other session and we were nervous. Even Alamo wasn't his usual calm self. For a minute, I thought something might have happened at the university, that maybe there'd been a campus shooting I hadn't heard about, or a surprise strike, or that the dean had been assassinated, or they kidnapped one of the philosophy professors. But nothing like that was true, and there was no reason to be nervous. No objective reason, anyway. But poetry, real poetry, is like that. You can sense it. You can feel it in the air, the way they say certain highly attuned animals, snakes, worms, rats, and some birds, can detect an earthquake. What happened next was a blur, but at the risk of sounding corny, I'd say there was something miraculous about it. Two visceral realist poets walked in, and Alamo reluctantly introduced them, although he only knew one of them personally— the other one he knew by reputation, or maybe he just knew his name or had heard someone mention him, but he introduced him to us anyway. I'm not sure why they were there. It was clearly a hostile visit. Hostile, but somehow propagandistic, and proselytizing too. At first, the visceral realists kept to themselves, and Alamo tried to look diplomatic and slightly ironic while he waited to see what would happen. Then he started to relax encouraged by the stranger's shyness, and after half an hour the workshop was back to normal. That's when the battle began. The visceral realists questioned Alamo's critical system, and he responded by calling them cut-rate surrealists and fake Marxists. Five members of the workshop backed him up. In other words, everyone but me and a skinny kid who always carried around a book by Lewis Carroll and never spoke. This surprised me, to be honest, because the students supporting Alamo so fiercely were the same ones he'd been so hard on as a critic.
and now they were revealing themselves to be his biggest supporters. That's when I decided to put in my two cents, and I accused Alamo of having no idea what a respeto was. Nobly, the visceral realists admitted that they didn't know either, but my observation struck them as pertinent, and they said so. One of them asked how old I was, and I said I was seventeen, and tried all over again to explain what a respeto was. Alamo was red with rage. The members of the workshop said I was being pedantic. One of them called me an academicist. The visceral realists defended me. Suddenly unstoppable, I asked Alamo and the workshop in general whether they at least remembered what an Akarkian or a tetristic was, and no one could answer. Contrary to my expectations, the argument didn't lead to an all-around ass-kicking. I have to admit, I would have loved that. And although one of the members of the workshop did promise Ulysses Lima that...